welcome to this new episode of No Wheel Knowledge. Lena and myself, Polina, spend this episode talking about Monza and its curse, safety cars, and the shenanigans that Sebastian Vettel gets up to in his spare time throughout the Italian GP weekend. With a much more exciting thread of discussions than the Dutch GP, we hope you thoroughly enjoy the variety of subjects we end up discussing at length in this longer episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Know Your Knowledge. Today, we're talking about Monza. It's just Lena and I again. Hello. Yay. So I'm going to I'm going to recap everything that happened super quick because um, this was a hectic weekend. And then after that, we're going to get in and talk about the details of some of these things. So practice started on Friday. We have the death of Queen Elizabeth on Thursday. We have- Sorry, I don't want to interrupt this, but we have something that happened beforehand, which is the yellow Ferrari suits. The yellow Ferrari suits, correct. Yes. I want to mention them because they look really funky. Bananas. Walking bananas. I am... Yeah, we mentioned this briefly while recording on Thursday, but Charles, that meme of ESPN, they peeled Charles. (laughs) It's the same color as his banana suit, which is unfortunate, but also really funny. It's really funny. Yeah. So... Also, what a shock, though. Yeah. Because when I saw the pictures they posted, I thought it would be, like, white or something. Yellow. No. It's... Well, it's actually uh, an explanation. It's Ferrari's house colors. (laughs) (laughs) Which Lena and I were just talking about (laughs) universities and houses in the UK system. This is completely different. This is, like, their... um, like mascot color essentially, but it's it's the yellow that's in the background of their logo. It's that yellow. Oh, with the little horsey. Yay! Ah, that one. Yeah, so it's their house color. Pretty sure it has a name, the little horse, but I forget. Yeah. I forget. But Probably yes, that's not. that yellow. Okay, Thursday, literally like twenty minutes after we were recording on Thursday, yeah, Queen Elizabeth sorry. died. I didn't mean to interrupt Those... that one. Oops. Um <laughs> on top... really unexpected though. No. Yeah. Wait, have you seen Dairy Girls? Yes, I have. I'm obsessed. It's so you know good. the episode where that old nun died and they yeah. kept blaming the girls. And she was like, well, how old was she? It's like, 98. It's like, struck down right in her prime. <laughs> <laughs> no. She was 96. <gasps> yeah. so that's what the guy said in Dairy Girls. Yeah. Was like, mm, 98. And the queen was 96. Yeah. And yeah. Oh boy. Deeply unfortunate Deeply for some unfortunate. people. Yeah. I guess. Um unfortunately Amy is not here to give her take, but I mean <laughs> I am in the UK right now and it's a weird time, let me tell you. It is a weird time here. I bet it's super strange. I saw clips of like Buckingham Palace, like immediately afterwards when the flag was lowered to half mast. Everything thing here is at half mast. You walk around the bus. Instead of where it's going, it says, rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth. Like, where's the bus going? Rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth. I don't know where the bus is going. Oh, no. Everywhere. Oh, no. You go to M&S. The first thing you see is a big sign that says, we mourn the death of our queen. Something. Everywhere. Oh, my God. Cannot avoid it. This that is fascinating. Really There's lots of websites that are currently in black and white. Mm. To mourn. Mm. It's a website. Yeah, it's like that TikTok. I think you sent me of the shops, UK yes. shops. 
<laughs> yes. Queen Elizabeth is lowered into the ground, which means we will lower our prices. Oh, no. <laughs> That's basically what's happening. They're okay. all taking advantage of it. Before we spiral Including off. the British Formula One drivers. Mm. That's weird. Further on into what was going on on Friday, we have a bunch of various news and things going on. First of all, before FP1, they did a minute silence. I thought it was really interesting that Stefan Domenicali ended up standing with Mercedes, but I have a suspicion that's just because both George and Lewis are British. So they were like... Yeah, and also, I mean, the guy drivers. has to stand somewhere. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And isn't Mercedes like the first team in the row? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, why would he walk all the way down to Alpine or something? Yeah, just has to stand somewhere. It was interesting though, because the entire pit lane partook, like every single team worker. Yeah. And it was like hundreds of people along the pit lane. It was a lot. But the thing is, I do love that they were apparently there just in silence, thinking of the queen, but every team has beautiful photos of it, which means the photographers must have been standing there like, clickety-click, in silence. (laughs) That was, yeah, that's strange. I think it was really funny. That's a very strange one. They actually ended up reading Lewis's and George's Instagram posts on air for Sky. And also a thing that Sky did this weekend, and whether it's to honor Queen Elizabeth or just in mourning, they turned off all of the like when Sky switches from programming to advertisements, yeah. they have like the room and like music playing mm-hmm. when it's saying Italian GP. They turned off the sound. It was in silence. It was very weird. Was did very you weird. know from last Thursday until next Monday when we have the funeral, mm. no comedy is allowed on TV. Everything here is quite depressing at the moment. Oh, wow. If you go out into the street, like right now, Trafalgar Square, stuff like that, all the ads are just pictures of Queen Elizabeth. Oh, There's wow. no ads. Nothing. Wild. So creepy. Crazy. Okay. So, um, yeah. Further news... Uh, we had Giovinazzi planned to partake in FP1 in mixed car. Nick DeVries planned to partake in Seb's car at Aston Martin for FP1. Um, uh, the other big thing that I do want to talk about a little bit later, Porsche and Red Bull have now split ways. Um, mm. They are no longer working together. There's no plan in the works for Porsche to supply an engine for Red Bull. So Red Bull are continuing, I guess, with Honda or they're coming back and making their own their own, in quotation marks, power trains. Yeah. Then on to rumors that were being talked about on Friday. Apparently, Nico Hulkenberg is being considered for the Haas seat. Yeah, I read that. And not only do I think that's really weird, but also don't even think Nico is interested. I don't think he's interested either. I mean, of course, at the end of the day, all of them kind of want to be in Formula One. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, he just, he has a kid that was recently born. The guy is, I don't know how old he is, but he's definitely mid-30s. So it's not like he has a long career in front of him. He's been in, I mean, of course, he's never had a podium, but he's been in teams that could fight for podiums. Mm. Why would he go to Haas? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. The only reason to come back for him would be, obviously, to score a podium and not be the poor guy with the longest streak without a podium. Haas would just... Add to that streak. Yeah, they would, which would not be. Why? Maybe so we can have one record for him forever. There's loads of people considered for the seat, though, like, unofficially. Even though Haas said nothing. 
There's 14 people being considered for Alpine. I have figured out eight of them. I don't know who the rest are. I mean, 14 according to Alpine. I don't uh, know if four, the drivers agree. Because Oscar, according to himself, was never in contention for yeah, that seat. Yeah, yeah. So with Oscar, that would have been 15, apparently. Omar Safnauer claims there's 14 people on the list and they're like trying to narrow it down to three or four. But out of the eight that I think I've figured out, so obviously Daniel, uh, Pierre Gasly is also in consideration. Mick is in consideration. I assume if Hulkenberg's being considered for Haas, he's being considered for Alpine. Yes. Apparently, Otmar said that he did not appreciate the fact that Esty said that he wants Mick for this. Yes, I saw that. So apparently Mick's not really in contention, is he? Who knows? Oh, he signed something. Oh, 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 oh. The other okay. way around. He's like, no. Reverse psychology. Mick. Reverse psychology. I see what you're doing. So I'm assuming if Nico Hulkenberg is being considered for Haas, he's being considered for Alpine. Nick DeVries. Nicholas Latifi. I have a feeling Latifi has been calling around trying to get a seat. Jack Duan. And Felipe Drogovic. I wouldn't be surprised if Felipe's been on the phone. As of late. Yeah. So Who else could yeah, that be? Has Guan Yu already extended his contract? Not yet, but the more I see, the more I suspect that Alfa Romeo have extended it. If they don't have it... Yeah, I mean, he was in the Alpine Academy last year, so... True. Maybe Guan Yu. Okay, so nine. Maybe he has been in there. Who else is in the Alpine Academy? Christian Lundgaard left it, I think, when he went to IndyCar. Lundgaard left it and went to IndyCar. I think he's not there. No, anymore. he's probably not in contention. Colton Herrera apparently is trying to get his new license. What about Theo Pocher? Theo Pocher is in the Sauber Academy. Yeah, I mean, they could still get him over there, yeah, couldn't they? They could, they could. They, they could still consider him for the seat. I mean, Guanyu went from Alpine to Sauber, so the opposite could yeah. definitely happen. So, Theo. Who else could they consider? I feel like consider as a very loose term, though. Stoffel Van Dorn. That's true. He's out of his seat. And he's just won a championship. He's been in Formula One, so we know that he's not half bad. Who else? Who else? Who else? Mm. Is there anyone from other sports they could get over? What about Jamie Chadwick? Jamie Chadwick? Oh. What about... Uh... What's his name? Jack Aiken. Maybe. Super license. Uh, yeah, he does have a super license. You can just maybe use every driver with a super license, not in Formula One. Maybe the oldest maybe. Fittipaldi. Yes. What's his name? Pietro, I, I think. It. Yeah. It's Pietro Fittipaldi. He could be. See, mm. there's quite a few people. There's quite a few. There. Oh, I just need it. I needed someone to... Maybe. What about Robert Schwartzman? That yes, oh my, actually, yeah, you're right. It's interesting though because uh, Robert has been at the past few weekends with Ferrari. I don't know if you've noticed. He's yeah. actually now racing under an Israeli flag. Oh, yeah. that's true. The Russian one's not too cool at the nope. moment. Nope. I didn't know he was partially Israeli. That's interesting. But I mean, mm-hmm. actually, the last name makes sense. He has a he has a very Jewish yeah, last that- name. <laughs> he has a very Jewish last name. Um, See, that's quite a few people there. Yeah. And that's a... No, wait, he didn't win. Did he win F2? No, he was he second. He's, he finished behind Oscar. Yeah. That's right. He was second. Now, Felipe won, and he's probably not going to get a seat unless he's... I mean, he's now Aston Martin reserve driver. Yeah. No, not reserve driver. Like, what do they call it? Development. Development. They're starting their own academy. He's their first academy driver. That's what that is. Okay. 
So, yeah. Okay. That's a good thing. I don't know. But I don't know. for me personally, there's too many of two winners and vice champions and stuff mm. that don't even come close to Formula One seats. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is unfortunate. But at the same time, a lot of people have been, I'll put it this way, um, discontent with Mick getting a Formula One seat after winning his championship because his championship was won based on the bad luck of a lot of other people. He actually won only one or two races during his F2 winning season. Wasn't there someone who didn't win a single race? I feel like Nicolas Latifi, I think he didn't win a single race and he still came second somehow. There was someone who didn't win a single race and still came like first or second or something. I think it might have been him just because they're, you know, so consistent without actually winning. I mean, look at someone like George or Checo right now. Isn't Checo like second or third in the championship at the moment? Mm. Even though the guy never seems to be anywhere. I I don't know. I think I'm not sure which F2 driver it is. If anyone knows, please let us know who which F2 driver it is that I hasn't... feel like I've read that at some point. There was someone who didn't win a single race. I think he won races though. Maybe good for him. Anyways, okay. More 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 Friday stuff. Special helmets for Monza. Both Ferrari drivers. Both Alfa Romeo drivers. Esty had a Michael Schumacher tribute helmet, which was really, really nice. I have to say, really disappointed that Mick didn't have a matching one. Yeah, me too. It's been funny. That would have been, first of all, funny. Second of all, really cute. Is that allowed to have the same helmet? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know well, I mean, Carlos and Charles's helmets this weekend were yeah. so and similar. Generally, Pierre's and Yuki's look very alike sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Especially the Red Bull ones all kind of look the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Yuki had a special helmet. Mick has... It's not his special helmet. It's his end-of-season helmet. Um, Seb had a special helmet. And then Danny had a special helmet, but just for the race. And that was a Valentino Rossi tribute. Danny's was so funny. I love it. It's a Valentino Rossi tribute. It's so good. But also, have you seen pictures of him from the race it's so funny <laughs> so funny people that haven't seen it it's basically just his face on top of the helmet yeah it's like plastered above its forehead <laughs> and it's the honey badger in like bubble letters on the back it's yeah the valentino rossi font like the doctor but the honey that's amazing it kind of looks a bit like mario kart you know that a little font. bit a little bit yeah it's a fantastic font now that we've gotten all of that out of the way Let's talk penalties. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I s literally watched videos explaining them, and I mm -hmm. didn't get it. Okay. I feel like no one, no one actually got it at the end of the day, except for you, because Polina figured it out for herself <laughs> before the FIA did. She was. I don't know how I managed it. I don't know how I managed it. In terms of just like who got what penalties, Lewis had a back of the grid. Carlos had a back of the grid. Okay, Yuki had an amalgamation of penalties. He first got a 10-place penalty for exceeding his reprimands for the season, which Yuki has been a naughty boy. Once he got that 10-place penalty, I think AlphaTauri were like, you know what, if we're already starting so far back, let's just, let's just put a new power unit in, get a back of the grid penalty. So he gets a back of the grid penalty. And then... Quick question. Yes. In a case like this, would he get a back of the grid plus 10 
So he's basically behind everyone else's back of the grid. I think once you have a back of the grid, it just cancels out the numbered ones. So back of the grid is basically just infinity. It's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way back there. Back of the grid is determined by qualifying order. So the order, so if you have several people with back of the grid penalties, the order they qualify in, that's how they'll start. At the back of the grid. So that means if Yuki was to qualify better than Lewis, he starts in front of him, even though he has a back of the grid plus 10 penalty, theoretically. I think so, because the plus 10 would get chopped off. That's just part of the infinity. Yeah. Those three have back of the grid penalties. Yuki, to make matters even worse, (laughs) during FP1, there was a yellow flag. It was FP1 and FP2. It was one of the practice sessions. Uh, It was FP2. There was a yellow flag because Mick had to stop by the track. Yeah, like the first second. Yeah. Yuki didn't heed yellow flags and got himself another three-place penalty and two penalty points on top of it. In his defense, did you hear the audio from AlphaTauri? No. Because they told him basically something along the lines of, yes, there is a yellow lap, but don't basically continue your lap. What? Obviously, he was like, uh, what? And so apparently he continued, and then he got a penalty. And that was really weird. There was apparently they told him to, you know, not abort the fastest lap thingy, or not fastest lap, but like fast lap thingy. Yeah. And so he followed them, which I don't get why in those instances the team doesn't get the penalty. It's like, remember the red flag in like Baku or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they told the team to stay out? Yeah. And then he out because they told him and then I think the team got a fine for um, it because obviously that wasn't really his fault. Latifi also got penalized for it though because race control expects the drivers not to listen to their race engineers in that situation and follow the marshal's instructions and not race not their engineers. Yeah, but the thing is, let's say hypothetically there was an accident near the pit lane so that's why I'm saying stay out because we can't go in yet or something. Yeah. How is he supposed to know? I don't know. I don't get it. But I feel like the team should be at least fine for it as well. Yeah. They mess yeah. up. Yeah, I Because of course you can kind of expect the driver to have common sense and say, well, there still are yellow flags. I should still slow down. Mm. But the team just can't, you know, say random stuff. Yeah, it's it's a confusing. I didn't know that, but they told Yuki to keep going on his flying lap. It just doesn't make sense. I saw a video of that somewhere. That's ridiculous. What the hell? I mean, maybe it was like the last corner or something. So I thought, ah, come on, Ah, let's do it. But I mean, it was FP two. Who cares? Doesn't actually count for anything. Yeah, well, he did get two penalty points, which is really unfortunate. So, how many does he have now? Uh, he has... Does he have 10 now? Let me find Yuki in my tracker. He has 8. It's a lot. He's only 4 away, but I think he has a few that are expiring fairly soon because he started the season... He started the season with 8. Oh, so he's already... 2 are already gone yeah. again. 2 already gone, and he just added 2 more to the Because I remember 8 somewhere, but okay, obviously some of them go away again after 12 months. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think I think point. he has a couple more expiring soon, so he should be fairly in the clear. Yeah. Well, hopefully, because I don't want him to get a race ban. No, that'd be really in F two. A few people got race ban mm-hmm, lately. Mm-hmm. Nasani got a race ban. 
But isn't Asani like 29? Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing in the feeder series, man? You're older than half the of one grid. Mm. I have I have certain mm. things. I have certain <laughs> feelings about Nasani, but I, I will not speak my mind at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah. So in terms of the other penalties. So we have three back of the grid penalties, right? There were quite a few new engine parts. So I think there were a few five and ten plays penalties so um there were two five place penalties because okan got a new ice uh max got a five place penalty not sure whether it was power unit or ice but he's already taken a power unit penalty a full one so i think power unit each additional one is only five places and not back of the grid checo had a 10 place grid drop Valtteri had 15 places for power unit components, but not a full power unit. But if you already have 15 places, why not do the entire one? It's not like he's going to qualify. He's already taken a full PU. He's taken a full back of the grid. Oh, that's why. Yeah. It's like 15 is basically back of the grid. Yeah. Kevin had a 15 place grid drop and Schumacher also had a 15 place grid drop. So that's one, two, three people with 15 places. Checo with 10, two people with five places, and three people with back of the grid. That's nine drivers. That's essentially half the grid with penalties. And all of this, most of this, was announced by Friday morning. So people were like, okay, we're having a mixed up grid. Practice sessions went fairly normally until we get to Saturday morning. Saturday morning, the world wakes up. Everyone's like, FP3, qualifying. Williams are going to have a great time. They have great straight line speed they're gonna do great we wake up to the news that alex has appendicitis i really feel sorry for this guy on youtube tomo f1 because he was convinced alex would win the race like he was convinced when you heard about all the penalties we're like yeah this is alex Alex he's got he's gonna win it he's gonna but no yeah and then he changed it to he was gonna win it 2023 Alex has appendicitis. Nick DeVries is announced as replacing him and essentially getting his Formula One debut. Poor man was having a coffee in the Mercedes hospitality when literally Saturday, an hour before FB3, he gets the call. Bestie, you're driving for Williams this weekend. So they had to urgently change out his pedals and all that stuff. It was 20 centimeters. Yeah. 20 centimeter pedal change and on top of that they had to add 15 kilos of ballast to the car because nick weighs so much less he's so tiny he's two inches taller than me i am five foot four 164 centimeters why he's five foot six he's five foot six he's 169 centimeters i thought he would be smaller than 169 i mean that's still small but i thought it would be he's smaller very small. But I mean, not so small compared to the other ones, because most of them are like the 170s region, you know? Yeah. It's not too far off. Not that far off, but if, if but you, far you, can off see a noticeable, you can see a noticeable difference even between him and, say, like, Lando. Like, Lando is noticeably <laughs> taller than him. So he's just yeah. a tiny little man, which uh, me reminding people that he's 27 is an interesting time. I think, first of all, the fact that he's small obviously yeah. makes him look younger yeah but his face it's a bit like lando he just it's looks like a kid yeah i think it's the curls yeah and the fact that he's always grinning he's not just smiling he's, he's like grinning. grinning he's happy to be there but he's three years older than max three years older than max the only the first driver that's older than him is carlos he's older than carlos is yeah carlos is 
old by everyone's standards. Um, but Nick is older than like half the grid. So he's in it's the generation. still younger than the F2 guy. Yeah. So Nick DeVries is replacing Williams. FP3 is interesting in the sense that there's just a lot happening. Mick ended up having clutch issues. So not only did he miss FP1 because Giovinazzi was in his in his car, he missed FP2 because his engine went and he missed most of FP3 because he had clutch issues and only got out for like the last 15 minutes. Yeah, but Gunter Steiner is still like, yeah, we need him to show good results. Mm. Like, give him a car. That Please works. Give him, a, give him a car. A car would be a wonderful even start. Get out on track. Exactly. How is he to get, supposed to give you any results from I don't that? Know. I don't know. It's not his fault. Yeah. Oh, and I wrote down an interesting stat. Um, Nick DeVries is the first driver since the 1970s to drive for two different teams two different constructors in the same weekend. Interesting. Moving on to qualifying. We got a lot of Ferrari and Mercedes practicing their toes. There's some track limits that come into play, but Q1 goes as normal. Unfortunately, um, Seb gets knocked out in Q1 and both Haas's get knocked out in Q1. I don't really know what was going on with Mick. He just was not, it was not happening. For I him. mean, he hasn't actually been on the track for a year, basically. Even, even Nick got more seat time this weekend before qualifying than Mick did. Knocked out in Q1, Latifi, Seb, Lance, Magnuson, and Mick. Q2, I noted there was a new graphic where they compared the lap speed of an F1 car, the safety car, and a family car. Oh, I <laughs> And the family car was like, plus 75 seconds. And I'm like, great. Now I know how far is a family car, though? Like, what's a family A regular sedan, I guess. Or a station wagon. I, I don't know what they classify as a, a family, family car. car. <laughs> you could take a Model 3 Tesla as a family car. That's the thing, though. Like, what's a family car to you? And that you would mean do the average well. German car? Not German. The average European car. That's that's a VW Polo. That's the most bought car in Europe. Or are you taking? Are you talking about an American family car, i.e. a minivan? <laughs> No, wait, I saw this graphic comparing the most bought car in Europe, which is, I think, the Polo or the Golf, but... Probably the Golf, honestly. In the US, it's like this weird Jeep truck pickup thingy, and uh, if you compare the size, it looks like you could put the European car (laughs) in the back of the American car. It's so big. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. insane. I... The size, when Tirza was visiting me in the US, you see the cars scale up. Like they double in size as soon as you cross the Atlantic. It's a very interesting experience. But yeah, that was that was something I noted in Q2. Um, Yuki ended up not coming out for Q2 for some reason. I think he was having mechanical issues, but knocked out. But then for, again, yeah. maybe they also thought, why try? It's not like we're going to beat... Yeah. Lewis Hamilton, the Mercedes. I mean, the Mercedes are still, eh, but still there. better than the Alpha Tower. Getting there, yeah. The Alpha, the Alpha Tower compared to last year are really not having a good time. But yeah, knocked out in Q two. We have Esteban, Valtteri, Nick got knocked out as well. He was thirteenth. Um, Guan Yu knocked out fourteenth, and then Yuki didn't come out. So Nick actually would have set a faster time. The thing is that they gave him uh, Latifi's steering wheel. He's used to Alex's steering wheels, so he accidentally hit the brake bias going into the chicane, 
and oh. fucked up his own his own lap. <laughs> and he was like, guys, I'm sorry. That was on me. I hit the wrong button. Oops. Happens to the it best. It happens. It happens. So just Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So Nick would have had a faster time. I think he would have gotten into Q3 on merit if he hadn't accidentally hit the button. But yeah. Then we get Q3. Q3 goes by. Nothing super dramatic. We get Charles on pole on merit. Yeah. The Tifosi lose their minds. Um, Max is P2. Carlos is P3. Checo is P4. Lewis is P5. George is P6. Lando is P7. Danny's P8. Pierre is P9. And he gets into Q3 for the first time in weeks. And then Alonso was P10 after Q3. Would you like my um, process of sorting out penalties? I mean, I just want to know how do they decide which one to do first? Like they do it in a certain order. So what how? people said, what people said initially was that they were going to apply the numbered penalties first. And then, so what they do is like they open up the grid, apply the numbered penalties close the grid and then open it up again and apply the back of the grid penalty and it's like a which means several so let's plus. say let's say theoretically max gets four places let's just say he gets five places mm. down yeah but lewis is in the middle of those five places so by the time they throw lewis to the back of the grid it's actually only four places he goes that's down. what they were that's what people were talking about the grid looking like however there's a memo from Michael Mossy from 2020 that says that if you have a numbered penalty, you have to serve the full penalty. So if they put Lewis to the back, Max goes down another spot, basically. Yeah. So kind that's of. actually five. Kind of. So I think what that means is that they ended up applying the back of the grid penalties first. Just to get them out of the way, because they're in the back the anyways. Yeah, because they're in the back anyways. It doesn't matter. Oh, so... I, how I did it and how I ended up actually getting it right compared to all the sky people getting it wrong. Um, I moved everyone to the back of the grid first. Then after that, I essentially took all the numbered penalties and I just like, I did the math and I added up who would be in which position. So I started from the front of the grid. So we have Leclerc, then Max. Max is second, but he has a five place penalty. So technically he'd be seventh. That's easy. I can move him to seventh. Lando... Doesn't have a penalty. He moves up. Actually, yeah. So by that point, Sainz was out of the way. Checo has a 10 place penalty. So he goes from 4th to 14th. But I set him aside for the moment because I knew that that part of the grid was going to be a mess. So I kind of set him aside. So technically, he'd be 14th. That, that was like a mental memo. Checo, 14th around there. George moves up. He has no penalties at all. So he jumps to second. Lando has no penalties. He jumps to third. Danny has no penalties. He jumps to fourth. Pierre has no penalty. He jumps to fifth. Alonso has no penalties. He jumps to sixth. Max, P7. There he goes. P7. Uh, then we have Ocon. He has a five-place penalty. So I mental mental note, he's supposed to be 16th. So Ocon would be after Checo. That's kind of a mental note. Perez, if there's someone in between, then Ocon. DeVries, no, after that we have Botas, who qualified 12th, but he has a 15-place penalty. So 27th, let's say 27th. That's kind of where I mentally marked him down. He'd be somewhere in there. DeVries doesn't have penalties. He goes from 13th to 8th. Huh? Then we have Guan Yu qualified 14th, also no penalties. He goes from 14th to 9th. 
You keep sent to the back of the grid, so no worrying about that. Latifi doesn't have penalties. He goes from 16th to 10th. Uh, Seb doesn't have penalties. He goes from 17th to 11th. Stroll doesn't have penalties. He goes from 18th to 12th. Then we have Kevin, who does have a penalty. He has a 15th place penalty. So he'd be 34th if we just do the math. And then Mick has 15 places, and he'd be 35th. So it'd be Magnuson and Mick after one another still. Um, the next person in the possible order would be Checo because he went from fourth to a uh, temporary 14th, but there's no one possibly being in 13th. So Checo technically is 13th. Ocon is the one after that. He would have been 16th just mathematically, but again, there's no one that can be in front of him. So he ends up 14th. Valtteri, despite technically being 27th by the math, also there's no one between Ocon and Valtteri, so he becomes 15th. There's no one between Valtteri and Magnussen, so it's Magnussen 16th. No one between Magnussen and Mick, and they're right behind each other anyway, so Mick is 17th. And then you have all the back of the grid penalties, and that's that's how I worked it out. I actually so have. So that means, yeah, you just push them down as far as possible. Yeah, as far as possible, and then just stack them number wise. Let's say whoever's in P5 gets mm. a five place grid penalty. Yeah, whoever's in P1 gets a ten place grid penalty. So theoretically, they go to the same spot. Who goes first then? If P1 has a 10 place grip penalty. Nine then. Yeah, yeah, nine. Yeah. So but if, let's say two drivers <clears throat> have to go to the same spot. The How would you decide spot. that? Is um, it done based on quality order then? That you say. So, but if they qualify, if the person qualifying first has a 10 place grid penalty and the person qualifying fifth has a five place penalty, I think they apply the lower number penalties first. So they apply okay. the five place one first. So he that person would go to tenth, and then they apply the ten place penalty or the nine place penalty. So that person yeah. would go from first still to tenth, but the person who was tenth before that jumps up to ninth. So like ten but behind. Yeah. Wasn't there this rule at some point about the whole back of the grip thing where it worked in order of announcing it? Wasn't that a thing yeah. at some point? Yeah, that, that... Remember when it was kind of like, oh, they announced on Friday, so they're in the back, and they announced it on Saturday, and that kind of stuff? I think that's... What was that for... all about? I think that's for the full power unit penalties. Like, if you're taking a fully new engine, I think that's the only penalty that works that way, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, see, that's just... They have a lot of really weird yeah. regulations with penalty application. It takes, I spent half an hour doing this after qualifying. How did you do that though? Was that in your head or on paper? How do you do that? Because I feel like I would have... This is me working out the wrong way. This is how people said it would have been. Then this is just me working it out the right way. It's just... Because I feel like I saw this video where they basically had the grid, like the little cars, and then kind of like pushed them around. I feel like I would have been that... I for me the the just like writing down the numbers makes a lot more sense, but that's just how the way my brain works. So yeah, there was that qualifying was a mess. No one knew the official starting order until like three hours down the line. Yeah, it took um, a long time. It took a long time. Not even the drivers knew. Pierre kind of tweeting. Fun. Can someone tell me yeah. what position I'm starting in tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> a mess. Who was the person that tweeted? I'm starting somewhere between P9 and P14. I think that was. Valtteri? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> it was... It, anyways, it was a lot. Was it Esty? Probably. Oh, I don't remember, but it was really funny. But the fact that 
no one knew the qualifying order says something about the way the FIA does this. It, it's a little bit too confusing, but I think it's more so, and we'll get into this about like the way they penalize power unit components, but we'll talk about that later. Sorry, but one question. Pretty much every single driver is now taking a new power yeah. unit. Yeah. Stuff. Isn't it time to maybe just allow every driver to use an extra one? I don't, that's that's if yeah, every we'll, single we'll one has to use them basically yeah. we'll we'll talk about that we'll talk about yeah. that there was a lot of discussion about them but after quali poor nick devries got grilled <laughs> by sky he spent what? like five or six minutes just being interviewed by them usually the interviews are like a minute long he spent between five to ten minutes talking to them um <clears throat> but yeah they grilled him about why he only ended up 13th um yeah. What do you mean, why? Because <laughs> they were like, you are doing so well. What happened? He was like, I hit the brake bias. That's just... Yeah. Um, and after qualifying, we got the wonderful experience of Danny walking up to Charles, whispering something to him and walking away. And Charles being like, yeah, yeah. We now know, we think we know what Danny whispered to Charles. Do we? we? Think, kind of. People... Say. Judging by Charles's response, um, d we think that Danny whispered, "You've got big dick energy," and Charles, because Charles's response was, "Yeah, I do have that energy." <laughs> so that's what we think the exchange was, but we're not a hundred percent certain. I would say we, uh, we as in the internet. Yeah, we. Have so race day, Monza. The Italian president is in attendance. Is Matteo Bonotto getting <laughs> that fired? So that is funny. the question. Felipe Massa's also there. Kimmy was also there. And his kids. Yeah, and his kids. And his wife. Um, Emma was there. Sylvester Stallone and Hugh Grant were there with Ferrari. So they had an all-star lineup. Charles was having some weird floor things going on as he went to the pit, as he went to the grid, but they sorted that out. So as for the actual race, they predicted a one-stop strategy. Um... The race starts. The one thing that happened, like right at the start, was that Lando falling back. He anti he hit his anti stall, and just went all the way to the back. And as a result of that, Max was able to eat past him and several other people. He went from seventh to fourth in one turn, and I was like, yeah. okay, great, fantastic. Valtteri ended up falling back to last because he ended up having to go over the runoffs and stuff like that. And we actually got a decent amount of overtaking. There was a lot of overtaking. We did. Yeah. I was very See, happy. Was a good one. Yeah. George got passed by Max on lap five. He didn't fight it at all. He was like, you know what? Not my battle. But I think, yeah. didn't we say that on Saturday? Yeah. It's yeah. like they have so much pace. What am I supposed what to do? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. So what do you expect me to do? Um, Carlos was yeeting up the up the yeah. word he went from 18th to like 12th i think in like five laps it was kind of he crazy. was going at it he was going at it Checo also was fighting a little bit but it wasn't nearly as intense as what science was doing and we get the drs train forming behind danny pierre mm -hmm. <laughs> pierre is claiming that he'll have nightmares of danny's rear wing but i mean that's Normally, I don't care about the little map at the bottom mm -hmm. because normally you can't see anything. But once you have a DRS, right? Yeah, it's you can helpful. really see them all lining up behind Daniel. Then it's yeah. funny. It was very funny. But normally, it's just I have no idea what's happening on there. 
long, long DRS train, but at the same time, there was overtaking happening in the back, which was mostly Carlos and Lewis. Behind the DRS train. Yeah, behind the DRS train. Checo was the first person to pit, and he had smoking brakes, which had Amy and I being like, friendly enough. But no, no, he sorted that out. He sorted that out fairly quickly. Carlos was past Alonso by lap 10. He was up to seventh by lap 10. Lewis was... Lewis's progress was a little bit slower. He was up to 15th by That's then. That's true. I was wondering what was happening in there because they obviously didn't show it because yeah. it's like P18. But it took a while for him to kind of get it started. I think it just took a while for his tires to get into the right working window. And then after that, he was fine. He After that, he was storming away. And then on lap 12, unfortunately, he DNF'd in his last ever European race. That's something I read, and they were like, it's his last ever European race. And I was like, okay, he's also going to have a last American race, yeah. a last Asian race. But it, it when just... are we dividing this in continent? It's <laughs> his last Monza. That's his sad. Monza, but... yeah. Monza I mean, 2008 did not project the vibes. I mean, Zenvort was his last North European race. Okay. No, but I mean, like, it's the last race that I had any chance to actually feasibly potentially see. Things like that. Like, people in Europe are like, ah! Anyways. So, yeah. Sebastian Dinovs. It's tragic. We get a virtual safety car, and everyone's like, is it going to last long enough for pit stops to happen? Not really, but Ferrari kind of make it work, and pit uh, Charles. Yeah, pit he saved, like, a few seconds. He saved, he? he saved 10 seconds, actually, which is pretty decent. Um, they pitted him for mediums. He drops back to third, so at that point, it's Max, George, Charles. Signs, meanwhile, gets up to fourth past Danny. Pierre tried to get past Danny. He had to give it back. He went wide. He had to give it back. And then come, like, the pit stops actually, like, roll in after Latifi pits on lap 16. Hamilton's also making his way up. He's up to 11th fairly quickly. And around lap 20, Nick gets a black and white flag for track limits. (laughs) so he was he was being naughty but yeah then there we go more pit stops four more drivers come into pit and for some reason a lot of people end up choosing the hard tire yes sorry there's just an article it's just been posted that apparently sebastian Vettel had a fight with the italian president he did he did i did yes i wanted to talk about this later there's there's things to discuss about this later i will we will bring this up We we will we will talk about this but all the pit stops start, start happening, and as a result of those pit stops, Lewis is up to seventh. He's doing, he's having a great time. They pit George on lap 24th, but he's not initially happy with the hards. Eventually they warm up and he gets he gets on with his job. More pit stops, more pit stops. Then we get Alonso pulling in and retiring on lap 32. He had an overheating issue, but that doesn't affect the race because he just rolled into the pits. Lots more pit stops. People suddenly putting on the softs. And this is where a lot of people start questioning Ferrari's decision. They pitted Charles for the softs on lap 34. So he did a short stint on the softs, a short stint on the mediums, and they put him on the softs thinking that he could last another almost 20 laps on soft tires, hopefully catching Max. He wasn't able to put even a dent in Max's lead. He was 20 seconds behind Max when he came out of the pit lane. He only got up to like 17 seconds behind him by the time the actual safety car came around. And that was like six or seven laps later. Somehow Max was pumping out super, super fast laps, even though he was on mediums. 
As the pit stops sort themselves out, Lewis is back up to seventh after he double overtakes Lando and Pierre. That was a wonderful overtake. All of that while watching Game of Thrones on his iPad. Yes, yes. He was he was watching. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know, Lewis requested Game of Thrones on his screen because he knew it'd be a boring race. I think he thought it'd be processional, but I have a suspicion most of the drivers were surprised about like how easy it was to pass this weekend. Because there was a yeah, lot of overtaking. Nice. The McLarens ended up swapping around. Lando goes seventh. Danny is still in eighth. And this is when Crofty shares a fascinating statistic that Nick has run more laps in the top 10 in this race than Latifi has in all of 2022. We'll get back to that. Then we have Stroll retiring. And then my favorite overtake of the race, Mick storming past Latifi, locking up his tires, giving everyone a smoke show, and then still making his way around the chicane and past Latifi. Latifi briefly passes him into turn two, but Mick gets back around him into turn three. It's beautiful. It's very, oh, very, very Schumacher of him. That's very much a keep your seat move. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Very much so. He was going to be in the points if the race hadn't ended under the safety card. He was he was getting there. He was this close to points. Uh, there was a couple of more like overtakes happening, some more pit stops. Lando getting on the radio being like, hey, no comms. I'm busy. He was still trying. He was trying to catch Pierre, I think, at this point. And then we get Danny DNFing because the Monza curse strikes again. But also, let's all remember that before Monza curse, Daniel was better than Lando on merit. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was doing Lando's own fault that he messed up his start. Yeah. Danny was doing well. Danny was having a fantastic weekend. Don't tell me he's washed. Same. Same. Not her. He was up there on pace. He qualified right next to Lando. He was doing super well in the race. He was keeping Pierre behind him. As Pierre said, he'll have nightmares. But yeah, Danny's, the Monza curse struck. For anyone that doesn't know, the Monza curse has been a thing since 2020. After 2019 and Charles's win in Monza in 2019, the next year he crashed out in the race in 2020. That year, because of Charles's crash, Pierre won. Pierre in 2021 crashed out last year. As a result of that, we had Danny win. That was partially, partially like safety car related things. There was a lot oh. of things happening in Monza 2021 that <laughs> win. Yeah. More safety cars. But yeah, Pierre crashed out. Daniel wins in 2021. And this year, Daniel didn't crash out, but he DNF'd. So Monza winners DNF the next year. And I'm hoping the curse applies next year as well. The curse continues. It is true. Three years in a row is too much to be a coincidence. So we get a safety car. Essentially, most of the field pits, George pits, science pits, Lando, Max, gets a free pit stop. He pits and comes out still ahead of Charles. So Ferrari are like, yeah, no, we get a free pit stop as well. So they pit Charles. And all their pit stops are fine. Ferrari's strategy this weekend, for once, is like, it makes sense. It works. And then there's the issue that Danny's car is stuck in gear and they just can't move it. They can't move it. The marshals can't move it. So they have to wait for a crane to come out, pick it up, haul it away. And by the time Danny's car has actually been moved, there is less than one lap left. And we finish the race under the safety car. Fun times. 
There's three big things I want to talk about. One, to end under the safety car or not to end. Your thoughts. That's the first one. What I want to say, first of all, is there's so many people on Twitter that were kind of, I feel like they were probably Max fans and they were kind of misunderstanding the situation because they were like, either Max deserved to win today or he deserved to win in Abu Dhabi. You can have both. And I was like, I've not seen a single person that said that Monza was incorrect. Like I've, I've seen people saying, hey, maybe we should look at this to make sure it kind of is not as boring. But no one said it was wrong. And there were so many people that were like, well, one of them has to be wrong. You can have both ways. I'm like, no one wants to have that. No one said that. They followed the rules. They followed the rules, which for now I'm happy about. I think long term, maybe they should consider putting something in place so we don't have a race end in the safety car because that's just boring. Like, you can just end it right but before also, the safety car comes out there. Also, it, this has only happened in like the modern era of Formula One. I think this has happened only 10 times. This is such a rare occurrence that I don't think it's as big of a concern as people make it out to be. It's just fresh because it just happened. Mm-hmm. But prior to Abu Dhabi, there was almost no discussion about races ending under safety cars and whether or not it's a good or a bad thing because it doesn't happen. Or at least it doesn't happen often. <laughs> Spot 2021. That was that's an exception of a case. That that's something else entirely. <laughs> that race should have been canceled. Um, I want to first of all shout out to Ted Kravitz for standing his ground against Damon Hill this weekend because Damon and a lot of the other Sky presenters were like, "Well, this is boring and disappointing. Is this it's really what entertainment, not a competition?" <sighs> Don't no. remind me. Um, not competition, entertainment, but of fun. Is is this everyone was like, is this really what you would have rather have happened in Abu Dhabi? And Ted, yeah. without a moment's hesitation, was like, yes, yes, I would have rather we ended under a safety car. Yeah, absolutely. This is what should have happened. The thing is, if that's the alternative, is the alternative is to cheat. Yeah, I'd rather have the safety car. Exactly. Like, obviously, I'd rather have a third option. Yeah. The question is, what is that third option? How about putting up a red flag? Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. say there's That's less than ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's say there's less than ten laps left, or I don't know what number. Just put a red flag. Do it like in Baku yeah. 2021. Yeah. Put in a red lap. Have a fun little shootout. Even that would have been better in Abu yeah. Dhabi. Yeah. Or yesterday. But I also think if if it's a Something. crash with two laps left, like it, right at the end of the race, I don't think the shootout is merited because they've already driven so much of the race distance because yeah, at that just point end it. if someone was dominating the entire race and they have a two-lap mm-hmm. shootout and they suddenly have an issue pop up that is also heartbreaking there has to be like a balance you know that's true though so let's imagine like theoretically max would have leapt everyone twice like obviously you can't say oh let's do a fun little shootout give him mm-hmm. a child's fresh tires like that's just unfair yeah because gives max a fair chance fighting no charles mm. even though that's not deserving but then just end it yeah why why do two laps on the safety car which is just useless just end it no just end the race clean just up the, the crash race. and there because i feel like if you know the race will have to end under a safety car by the time the car gets cleaned up then just end the race if you have the possibility for 
the creation of a gap once again, like say you have five to 10 laps left of the race, then I think a shootout is more interesting because you get actual time for them to work out and battle each other properly or, on merit. I don't know. Let's say do a rat flag, but don't allow tire changes. That too. That's no? also an interesting alternative. Yeah. Because then you can kind of say, hey, if you messed up your strategy during the race, you don't get, you know, a chance to suddenly magically put on some soft suddenly. Because yeah. that also is unfair. Yeah. Or I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that works with the whole fuel stuff. But let's say put up a red flag. Or not a red flag, but let's do the safety car. And then basically add the laps. Why are they doing this in IndyCar, I think? They do. They add time. They add additional time to Formula E. Uh, but if, I think it was IndyCar NASCAR, one of them, where basically the race can't end under the safety car. So if that happens, they just... Basically, the laps that were made under the safety car don't count. Like in football, you know? Yeah, I think... Or ice hockey or something. This. But they kind of say we only count the time that is actually being played. So if there's, I don't know, stuff happening, we just add the time to the end. I don't know how that would work with fuel, but... with Okay, with IndyCar, it makes more sense because in IndyCar, you can refuel. Yeah. Um, what they do in Formula E, they don't add time in Formula E. Sorry, that was wrong. They um, actually, <laughs> they take away how much power you have in Formula E because you save power by being under the safety car. So you mm -hmm. still have to power manage in the last few laps of the race. That's what Formula E does. No, but I don't know. Have you ever watched ice hockey? Yeah, I love ice hockey. I love ice hockey. I don't know if that's an international thing because I've only ever watched ice it's, hockey in it, Germany. It's, it's a yeah. big thing. It's a big thing, especially in New England and Canada. Yeah, so and no one knows how long the game's actually going to take if you attend and watch. Like, yeah. Who knows how long yeah, the game's going to take? We could be here take. for four hours. <laughs> who knows? Because for those that don't watch ice hockey, basically you have a certain time the game's supposed to last, but every time... They do something like switch out a player, change something, whatever. They stop the time. And then the time only goes on when they're actually actively playing. Yeah. Which means you make sure they actually have a certain amount of time to, I don't know, do stuff. Because yeah. in football, Plus, the time goes on and then they add to the end, also an option. Plus overtimes. Hockey overtimes. Yeah. Highly entertaining. <laughs> the fact that you can, a lot of, uh, at least in the NHL, if it's not playoff season, you can have up to three overtimes before they do shootouts. <laughs> so that's, you will spend, because each, each, like, each time slot is 20 minutes, right? You have three 20 minute periods. And then an additional, it's essentially an additional game <laughs> after that, before they do <laughs> the shootouts. You never know what's going to happen. Exactly. It's like, oh, wonderful. We're continuing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hate about football, though, because basically, you have your 90 minutes mm. and then depending on how many penalties and whatnot you have, they're like, we're adding four and a half minutes. You're just like, oh. yeah, yeah. they just make up numbers, basically. They kind of guess how much time they've wasted and just add it to the end, which is really yeah. annoying because you yeah. never really know what's going to happen. It's a weird one. That's also no, but an I option. Think, yeah, adding, adding laps, like red flagging it or adding laps would make sense. But I think if you have only, if there's someone crashes with two or three laps left. Yeah, just end it. I would, I would just end the race. Because, I mean, let's say it's something like, I don't know, Monaco or something. Mm. That's a race where generally the drivers are kind of bunched up. Yeah. There you can do like, 
red flag and add yeah. two laps. But it's, it's a spread like... out circuit like spa. Yeah, it no, makes that's no just unfair. There's no point to it. That's just unfair. But Danny, okay, so Danny retired lap 49. We had four laps left in the race. Typically, it takes five laps to clean up incidents and a safety car to end. That is the average length of time for a safety car. I think when they saw that, that should that's cut off right there. If it's if it's less than five laps left, you end the race. Otherwise, it just doesn't make sense otherwise. But at the same time, at the same time, I would have loved for them to red flag it and Charles to have a go at Max. <laughs> it's left the cars. I think it's really hard to satisfy everyone with these regulations. Yeah, but that's what I think is really important and. I don't know why people don't understand that. Formula One is both a competition and entertainment. It's both, yeah. I don't know. How... I mean, if you think it's just entertainment, I don't know what you're doing here. Agreed. Like, go watch theater or something <laughs> if that's what you want. But if you think it's just a competition, I'm like... It has to be a combination of being fair enough for the vast majority of people to agree on it, but also promote Wait, competition, promote competitiveness. A- business at the end of the day so obviously it kind of makes sense to try to make it as entertaining as possible but the entertainment part comes from being agreed on not in the middle of the race Mm -hmm. generally so with what we talked about you could maybe think all right which of those strategies is the most fun for example the shootout that sounds fun yeah but then you agree on it and you put in the rules and then you do a fun little shootout every time it happens can't just say today we're doing a shootout and people who get fucked over by it can't really be mad at that point if they agree to it yeah and no one knows what's going to happen except for michael massey there's also there's a bigger issue here i don't know if you know about this the fact that ferrari have veto power over regulations ferrari are the only team on the grid that have veto power over regulations (laughs) Why? So if the FIA writes something that Ferrari don't like, they can veto it, and they're the only team that can do that. Yeah, I think generally, both for the sake of competition and entertainment, I think someone should kind of make sure to put everyone back in their place and make sure none of those people have too much power. Because... Mm. If you are friends with people from the FIA, from your little team, that shouldn't happen. I mean, obviously that's okay if it's not being abused, but how do you control that? Yeah, Yeah, I can't. So that's not a good thing. If someone has shares in several teams, that's not a good thing. If someone has a veto power over regulations... Free! (laughs) If some teams own tracks... How is that fair? How is <laughs> Red Bull own a track? Uh, That's, that doesn't seem fair to me. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, some okay. questions need to be Lots asked. of questions, but we'll move on to the second thing that I want to discuss. Behavior of the Tifosi. We can't just be annoyed at the Orange Army. I think it's also, in terms of just, like, as much as I don't like Max, the Tifosi were singing songs calling Max's mom names. Oh, I th- And that's think... unacceptable. Yeah, unacceptable. but I think that's something... I sent you a TikTok right before we started recording, so I don't think you've watched it yet. Probably not. But it was basically about fan chants in the US. 
mm-hmm. versus in Europe. <laughs> so the US one was kind of like, we're a team, team, team. We're having fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Kind of like that. <laughs> no, the UK ones make fun of the other team. That's the whole point. You don't make fun of them. You insult their mum. Insult- That's the point. Yeah. yeah. So I think... While that is definitely an issue, I agree that you shouldn't yeah. do that. I don't think that's a Tifosi issue. Mm, More mm-hmm. so just European generally sporting. European. Okay. Because that happens in many countries yeah. here. Like if I go to like we talk about an ice hockey ca- game, mm. you will absolutely insult them with the worst insults you can think of, put into little <laughs> songs. And everyone will sing it. Yeah. So it's but I think because Formula One is so much more international than most other sports, mm-hmm. it becomes an issue because it's only kind of fun. If, if both sides are doing it and both know it's kind of mutually yeah. agreed on that it's not actually insulting. Yeah. But if you say that to someone, they're like, what did you say about my mom? <laughs> you know, that doesn't really work, does yeah, it? Exactly. No, there was, there was, it wasn't just that though. Um, I appreciated the Tifosi holding off on the flares until the podium. Yeah. <laughs> Obscuring Max entirely with the smoke. That was funny. That was what? funny. I have to give it to them. That was really yeah. funny. However, um, there I heard reports of some harassment going on at Monza for yeah. fans. That was also really rough. But in yeah, general, but- from what I understand, the organization of Monza was terrible. Like, what I see of how they organized it, it was rough. There were, like, two and a half hour lines to get anything. Yeah, apparently I saw pictures of the F3 race. Mm-hmm. There was no one there simply because they opened the gate so close to the start of the race mm-hmm. that the people didn't have time to get in so disappointing. by the start. That's so disappointing. Because apparently there was just not enough room for all of them to get in in time Aww. to watch the race, which is kind of annoying. That's so sad. But yeah, I think generally because F1 is not only so international, but also when you think about a football game, mm. I'd say it's a big one, like the Euros finale in Wembley. Mm-hmm. There's what, 60, 70, 80,000 people there. Yeah. At some Formula One races, you have hundreds of thousands yeah. of people. So I think just because it's such a different environment, it kind of makes sense to say, you know, guys, let's maybe agree on not calling other people's mums a whore. Mm-hmm. Just because... Not everyone's going to think it's funny and there's yeah. going to be kids here yeah. more likely than other sports, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously that's generally a bad thing, but obviously there are certain places where it's more normal. Mm. But, yeah. No, it's, and yeah. I feel like Formula One should do a bit more than put out cute little Insta posts on it. <laughs> yeah, that that I definitely agree on. Those are still. Um, I mean, it can't be that hard though, especially with the flares, for example. I think I think it's just difficult I... with Monza specifically because it's in a park. It's just stupidly in the middle of a park. So organizing actual security detail isn't nearly as easy as it is on a properly organized open track layout. But, yeah, you know, but they, they, they should have a solution for it. I mean, They've been racing at Monza for 73 years, for God's sake. But let's think about festivals, your big ones, like Coachella and stuff like that. You know how you can't bring anything? Like, people literally 
do crazy stuff to smuggle an alcohol yeah. and they still get caught. Yeah. Like how hard can it be to catch stupid flair? I don't know. I don't know. Just it's, it's tell the, kind of the thing is, I think at most races, you're not even allowed to bring like food and stuff because obviously I want you to pay for the yeah. stuff. So I feel like you obviously can't walk in there with a duffel bag. From what I get, they haven't checked bags at all at most races. Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking. First of all, don't allow people to take big bags. Let's start there. Like, at every single concert mm. everyone's ever been, you're not allowed to take backpacks and stuff yeah. at those places. That's often a rule, just and that's very easily enforced. Yeah. And then just take a quick look. Like, it doesn't have to be much. Just take a peek. Close again. Yeah. Off you go. Bye-bye. And the flares are big enough that you actually see them. Obviously, there's all kinds of stuff you can smuggle in there. Mm. But those things are... Also, how hard is it to get the metal detector gates? How hard is? How hard can yeah. it be? How but hard can it be? The thing is, especially when they say, oh, we don't have the, the personnel and stuff. I'm thinking most of the marshals are volunteers. Don't tell me you couldn't put up something saying, we're looking for volunteers to search bags. For security. Have 200... Cute little Formula One fans that would love to use the chance exactly. to work there for free. Yeah. Just to take a peek into it, your bag. It just doesn't make sense. You don't need to be a security guard for that. No. Obviously, no. it's good to have someone by, you know, and says, like, hired security kind of detail being annoying. into that, but you don't need the people searching. You can have basically. one of the security people and still have 10 little kids searching yeah. the bags. And if, you know, if they're kind of making the fuss and saying, oh, don't search my bag, you can get the security guy. Mm. Exactly. That's. Perfectly yeah. doable. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Hi, Monza. <laughs> um, the third oh thing God. I wanted to touch on, the conversation that has come about as a result of Nick's performance. Yes. You texted me about this earlier today. Yeah. Um, I do... Okay. Nick, I think, has put in a fantastic interview for his career. For anyone that's not very familiar with Nick DeVries, I have... I, I had the pleasure of meeting the man. He's wonderful. He's just a super, super nice guy. He is also the 2021 F2, FE champion, the 2019 F2 champion, and he has just been helping Mercedes win the, the team championship in Formula E this year because his teammate won the championship. He's got a fantastic track record. Track record. Everyone loves him, and yet he hasn't been in the running for a seat for F1 since he left Formula 2. But because he is Mercedes reserve driver, he has been doing a lot of practice sessions and everyone's been like, so is this happening? I mean, just no? this year, he's done one for Winger Williams, one for Aston Martin, and one for Mercedes. Yeah. He's been around. He's been around. The only Mercedes power team he hasn't tested for has been McLaren. Um, but as a result of him scoring two points on his F1 debut in a Williams everyone a lot of people have been pushing for Williams to be like just swap Latifi out now Lena I mean saying that he did well and saying hey maybe consider him for a seat especially because Latifi clearly did not perform as well mm. looking at the season looking at Monza all that kind of stuff looking at his career it's a good thought to keep in the back of your mind for next season because the TV yeah. hasn't gotten a new contract, anything. That's perfectly fine. But people going on Twitter saying stuff like Williams must be insane if they don't put him in for Shanghai. Now, where are we going? Singapore, Singapore. not Shanghai. There's no race there. Singapore. <laughs> I was like, what? We used to race. 
<laughs> yeah, but not anymore. We're going to sing. No, anymore. not anymore. <laughs> that's just, I don't know. I feel like that's incredibly rude because at the end of the day, TV does have a contract. He's not the best out there. We know that. He's mm-hmm. 21st in the Twin Driver Championship. But he's not horrible not anymore. Or anything. Not anymore. He's 20th. I'm pretty sure he's 20th in a 22 what? driver championship. Why is he 20th? I, he got points. He scored points at some point this year, I think. No, I'm pretty sure people said that Nick only had to become 11th to beat him. So that sounds like Latifi did not get points. Let me find. Oh, no, he didn't get points, but he did score higher than. Um, uh, then he scored higher than Hülkenberg, which means yeah. he's 21st, not 22nd. Yeah, he's 21st and a 22 driver championship. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, that. But the thing is, he's not the worst driver. Like, we know he the Williams is pretty awful, mm. we know that, and he still is. Not as often as he should, but he still is performing okay once in a while. <laughs> that sounds awful. I mean, Alex has That sounds points. awful, but the thing is, Alex- he has scored points before. Yeah. And yes, Hungary was a chaotic race, but he wasn't last or anything. There were still people behind him. He held back on his own, and he has gotten into Q3 before, also on merit. And I think many people don't like this, but the thing is, he did come into the team as a paid driver. And while people don't like that, I'd rather have a paid driver than have Williams go bankrupt. So someone's got to pay the bills. It's Latifi. All right. You know, like I'd rather have Latifi in there than no one because the team doesn't exist. So I don't know. So I think, first of all, he deserves that seat however if you agree with it or don't and saying that Williams must be stupid not to kick him out by March. end of September that's just come on the kid has a contract first of all I don't think they can kick him out I don't know what the contract is but it's not that easy I think no. unless you're Red Bull <laughs> I think they have some extra clauses Red Bull, in that. Red, yeah Red Bull have First of all, really good lawyers. Second of all, I I don't even want to know how long their contracts are. Yeah, and the thing is, it's not like Williams is actually fighting for anything big. No. I, let's be real. It's not like Latifi is stopping them from becoming third in the constructors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He may not be as good as Alex, but points-wise, they're not too far off. Let's be honest <laughs> Yeah, What is, Alex has, like, honest. four points. It is four. So, it is only four Yeah. Points. It's not really that big of a difference. So mm-hmm. just let the poor guy keep a seed. He's a lovely guy. Very happy man. Just let him finish the season. Yeah. Without being Wait. mean to him. Okay. Especially, who was the team principal who was mean? Oh, the mean one. Was that Franz Tost who Franz, said... No, it was, it was, it was, um, it was Frederick Vassour. Yeah, it was like, oh, we have a Latifi crashing. Yeah. Okay. What's that supposed yeah. to mean? We might have a Max crashing into you. So. So what? Yeah. And no, the last thing... I am very disappointed in all the people that said that. Yes, they... You could argue that might not be very smart to keep him for next season when you could get Nick in there. 
for next race. Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. Makes no sense. The last and really quick thing uh, I want to talk about Seb's almost fight with the Italian president. <laughs> so I, 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 I read kind of where the source of this came from. Apparently, Monza had told Sebastian and other people who were worried about the environmental aspect of the flybys when they all the planes go by and they like shoot out the colored smoke. Uh, Monza had told various people that they wouldn't do it this year due to environmental concerns, which rightly so. The amount of CO2 that that exudes is insane for such a short flyby. It's kind so of... Those- Wondering how much it is, there's literally a podcast Sebastian Vettel was on where he <laughs> explained this calculation. Mm. What a nerd. <laughs> He's such a nerd. It was amazing. But the thing is, I think the bigger issue is not the flyby itself, but the fact that they wrecked us. Mm, that too. Um, which is like, yeah. well, why do you practice flying there? Yeah. That's kind of the worst part. And especially. Think about the Italian one when you have what? It's, I think it's like six planes or something. Six or seven. It's a lot of planes. Plus yeah. the one at front. The one all the way in the front. Thing the thing is, one. because that is perfectly timed to have them all in that row and mm-hmm. kind of in that moment, they are up in the air an hour before. Oh, wow. Just circling around, getting into formation. It's not just flying over there five yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole two-hour thing. Yeah. So it's a, it's so, a lot yeah, of CO2 Rightfully, It's a lot of CO2 emissions. It's dumb. Um, however, because the Italian president was in attendance, he insisted that they do this flyover for some patriotic, I guess, reasons. Even myself as an American who comes to US and it's patriotism. This, the, even this is a bit much. I wouldn't be shocked to see that at the Queen's funeral or something. Yeah, as- yeah. But yeah, the Italian president insisted on this flyover. Sebastian, rightly so, called called him out for having a big ego and being like a hundred years old, <laughs> which I think is highly entertaining. But I don't, I didn't hear about him actually getting into a fight. All I heard was him slandering the Italian president. There, there was that. Sebastian was right, so rightfully unhappy with. The Italian president. Apparently, I forgot who it was, but apparently he also criticized Formula E, and some Formula E driver got. Yes, yes, I I know all the drama on this. I love that one. He Sebastian criticized Formula E, which there are criticisms to be had. Formula E, despite being highly sustainable, isn't the most sustainable it could be. Um, I think. Yes. Sorry, I think what Sebastian's issue was, though, is not the fact that it's not sustainable, but the fact that to him it's kind of sustainable for no reason. Because the mm-hmm. thing is, Formula One, on its way towards sustainability, yeah. it's not just about making Formula One sustainable, but about trying to, you know, produce sustainable fuels that can be used in road cars and stuff. So Sebastian's like, oh, there's a purpose. Formula E doesn't have that. There's a purpose to it, yeah. With Formula E, unfortunately... The batteries don't translate at all into the batteries used in modern electric cars. So, yeah, there's, there's a bit of that. But they're, they what they do do a lot is they promote sustainability efforts in a lot of their sponsors. So the sponsors that work together with Formula E have initiatives that they're working towards in terms of sustainability in their own spheres. And this is including some oil companies, which is crazy. Um 
but Sebastian talked about this and Lucas Degrassi from Rocket Venturi Racing, who may I say is a Bolsonaro supporter, decided to clap back on Twitter and everyone was like, Lucas, do you realize where the origin of this criticism came from? And essentially the internet ganged up on Lucas Degrassi about this was like, you do see how you're wrong. Anyways, I've also met Lucas Degrassi. He's a character. Um, <laughs> so, Formula E, Formula One. They meet again. I mean, I get what Sebastian is trying to say, but I've also feel, at least in the article I read, mm. it sounded like they took what Sebastian said a bit out of context. A it kind bit. of sounded like he was just saying Formula E is pointless. It's dumb. I'm not going to watch it. Kind of like that. Mm. I at least I hope that's not what he was saying. Because <laughs> I feel like he was more kind of trying to say that while he appreciates the, the what they're doing with the whole we're being sustainable, he's kind of saying, but where's it going? Like, yeah, what's yeah, your yeah. end goal here? Yeah, yeah. 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 Lucas Degrassi was miffed. He, he, every once in a while, someone will slander Formula E and he will jump <laughs> up to defend it immediately without even looking. Yeah, anyways. But I think that's all the big stuff that we wanted to cover. We now have a three-week break until Singapore. Mm. I won't. I don't think we have time to discuss any of the conspiracies or anything like that. But um, Amy did name her driver of the day, and her driver of the day was Nick. Which I agree. I voted yeah. for him. I'm so happy that he got driver of the day as well. That was pretty cute. Yeah, it was very cute. This port. Oh, the last thing I wanted to mention: him getting hauled out of the car by the two mechanics. <laughs> This kid, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call him a kid because of his size. He's not a kid by age, absolutely not. But the race ends and he comes on the radio. He's like, Can I get some help? I am I alone in Park Fairmere? Can I get some help? As Pierre Gasly is walking towards him. Pierre walks up to him, shakes his hand, pats him on the head, he's like, Great job, you did so well. But then after that, a couple of the FIA people come over and they're like trying to help Nick with like the plastic bit that sits on their shoulders. They take that off. And by that point, the Williams mechanics run up and they get his belt off. Nick kind of tries to get out by himself, but his arms fail him. So he just sticks them up. <laughs> sticks them up like a kid asking to be picked up. And the Williams mechanics haul him out <laughs> by his arms. <laughs> and they're like, good job, and give him butt pats, like, right in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, highly entertaining. It was a, And Nick reposted it and posted it on his Instagram. But I thought the funniest part of all of that, because the first video is of him with Pierre, he, uh, it's three languages and three words that he says. He says, tired obviously referring to the fact that his arms weren't working. And then, merci, amigo. This makes no sense. <laughs> this was in response to Pierre. the kissy phase emoji. And the kissy but the phase thing emoji. is, Pierre and Charles love using that emoji. They do. Which is, and they're... Mick loves using the one with the star eyes, which are all such weird emojis. They're... Also, Mick loves the dancing one. Yes, he does. He really does. They're such... Random emojis all of them are choosing. Listen, most of this grid is Gen Z. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we'll wrap up there. Uh, we'll discuss conspiracy theories um, at another time because there are there are a couple of things to talk oh, about. There's always more. There's always more to talk about. 
Um, especially, yeah, about this weekend. Man, we'll talk about this in a later time because we we already this episode will probably be shorter, but our recording time is one hour and thirty minutes. So, um, but yeah, on this note, we will wrap up. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had a wonderful time. If you have any questions, comments, concerns. There's links in the description to our Twitter, our Instagram, our Tumblr, and our email. So you can send any of that in that direction or just hit us up to chat. We, we, we love talking to y'all. It's a great time. Hopefully we'll have some special episodes coming your way in the next few weeks or so. I hope there, there's some things in the works. If they work out, you will know. If they don't, then you won't know. <laughs> Put it that way. So yeah. We'll finish up here. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.